Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 59. And in the studio this evening, we have a special guest. Welcome along... Di Henwood. It's been 55 episodes, since I think. My since, since my last confession. Since my last confession. But I still love tech. <laughs> Welcome back. And Brad, you got me. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm good. I'm busy. Very busy at the moment. Lots of things happening in my world. Excellent. And myself, Paul Spain, and hiding at the controls is Skip Parker. I, do, I feel I sort of a bit sorry for Skip in a way because we've got a whole sort of dearth of computers and screens and iPads and he's got a brown clipboard. <laughs> with, <laughs> with post-it notes going yeah. everywhere. It's just, you know, technology at its best. It's, it's, so we were having a good gander just before and we, we decided to record what we were talking about. So you've just been travelling recently. Yes, I've just been travelling. I've been around Thailand. And um, on a side note of that, uh, something that really annoyed me about New Zealand coming back is I landed in Thailand and at the airport I paid 40 New Zealand dollars and I got a SIM card that had unlimited data, unlimited text and unlimited calls within Thailand. Oh, my goodness. And it cost me the equivalent of about 12 cents to text New Zealand from that number. (laughs) And I I got data... When I was up doing a um, hill tribe trek through northern Thailand, I got it when I was on the furthest islands. I That's had insane. access to everything. I was speedy to the point where I could download a podcast while I was waiting to get onto a plane. So who, I could download it's 2G though, isn't it? It's 2G in Thailand generally. Um, no, this was on, um, and I love that it's DTAC Happy is the, <laughs> is the name of their provider, and they do the 3G. Oh, they However, do 3G and now. 3G, and when it went off 3G, it went on to Edge, but Edge was running fast. Well, like, Edge is fast, faster than 2G. It's... Um, 2.5G. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it's a way of looking at it. I was getting two and a half G, <laughs> mate. <laughs> but, um, no, it, but, and the speeds on that, I would download, say, a 21 meg podcast probably in about 10 minutes, which mm. uh, without it timing out, which I thought my problem over here is not so much the speed, but times out. And, and also, that is 40 New Zealand dollars for the whole month. And we can't even get rural broadband working off modems, you know. I know this is crazy. That, that's where I wonder is whether it's the telcos. Um, they you do know. have a fairly large population there. Yeah, and yeah, whether it's population know, that, based. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's quite a difference in terms of you look at our population as opposed to to theirs. And yeah, my impression is a, a very large chunk of their network is sort of two two uh, G or, or edge, which is you know variation thereof, and so. Yeah, it's much cheaper to have a network that operates like that. And from your perspective as a as a user, if you're connecting 2G, you also don't have so many battery issues. Yeah. Because your battery's going to last a lot longer running on a 2G network as opposed to a 3G or or a 4G, which you know drops it down even even further. So yeah, it's quite. But good. the the joy the joy of having a maps application working when you're overseas is oh. amazing. Um, I bet Stephen Fry wouldn't complain over there. No. Either. <laughs> But also, I, I, I oh, he'd find something to complain about. I'm sure. I put it down to a lot of people in um, countries like Thailand and so forth are actually using a smartphone, whether it be Android or iOS, as their actual computer. 
Oh, totally. as their dev- as their device. Mm. So they're doing all the email like we're staying at um sort of more um hut type accommodation where they were doing all their bookings everything off just their Android smartphone. Like uh, Android I noticed was big over there. And because they don't there's not a lot of PowerPoints and you'd be game to plug any sort of computer device into a PowerPoint yeah. in Thailand <laughs> without so, a surge protector. Doing a quick search on Bing, 95 million phones in Thailand. Shit, and they've just migrated from 2G to 3G. Yeah. So they're moving up the spectrum. So they were. So you, it will yeah, be, it'll that be the hybrid. Been the change from yeah. last time I was there, it was all, uh, yeah. all 2G, and you've obviously caught the, the new wave there. 95 is, million phones. That is awesome. What I recall was that the charging was on a per-minute basis for data usage. So... I spent. I was there not as long as you, but I spent about ten dollars for maybe a, a week or two there. Yeah, and I was getting charged on a per minute, but it was per minute that I was actively doing something with the data, and so I never went through however many minutes I got for my ten dollars. Uh, you know, I was probably halfway. I was probably halfway through. Yeah, uh, my ten, my big ten dollar spend uh, <laughs> after being there, and that was you know going on on a you know my wife and I on a little scooter or something, and so, and one of us is is there holding the phone and it's it's giving us directions and and so on. So um, and Siri would have yeah. led you down the wrong path or something, would have led you go left off the edge of the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell you, I tell you what, um, uh, I got an application on. I'm thoroughly allergic to eggs. I have anaphylactic shock and have have to have an EpiPen and go to hospital. But I found an um, app of like allergies in Thai that just said in Thailand, I don't eat eggs, I'm allergic, I cannot eat eggs. They caused me you to You hope it was saying that. Yeah, and playing that. And people blowing their minds. Like they just look at me and go, give me the thumbs up, then run <laughs> into the kitchen, then come out and sort of mock me holding the phone up. <laughs> and just those things of how useful technology can actually be when you're in a hut somewhere and they're just cooking and you've got no idea, but you need to get across one point. That's a pretty important point to get across. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you deal with that when, um, when a show's not going so well and uh, you know someone in the audience has an egg? Or two, or two. Yeah. I raise that. Oh, I can dodge. Yeah, okay. He's, okay. He's, He's not pretty good at that. And luckily, um, and luckily, comedy is sort of more associated with the tomato-based <laughs> thrower. <laughs> so, what technology do you travel uh, travel with over there? I went. I um, I've now honed it down. I went over with an iPad, just iPad, and my Kindle. Yep. Um, st- the straight up Kindle. That, oh, not the Fire. Yeah, because I was going to be on the beach a lot. Uh, wanted that sort screen. of screen. Really, yeah. I now would um, travel with a MacBook Air 11-inch and my Kindle because um, the problem with an iPad, a lot of hotel booking places use Flash Yep, and there is nothing more irritating than not being a... And especially a country like Thailand where you actually... Communication is so hard over the phone that... Online's the best way to do it. You need to do it online, don't you? Yeah, Yeah, so I would... um, I'd, I'd probably go... Um, and around New Zealand, I just travel MacBook Air and my Kindle Fire. We're both um, and, and your, saying, and your iPhone or whatever phone you use. Yeah, and and, and the the phone of the moment, which mm. could be changing. I even had a play with a Galaxy Note over there. What do you think? Did, was it too big for you? Because they were um, Apple were taking the Mickey out of it in one of their ads recently, and Samsung came back with it. So, what are your thoughts on it? And remember, Steve Jobs always says you shouldn't use a stylus. You got a finger for that. Yeah, I disagree with. I like. I use a stylus with my iPad a lot. I quite enjoy it. 
And it seems I actually, to be quite I'd common, doesn't it? Notes, and yeah. I don't see why. But people use pens. A stylus is a pen. Yeah. And um, I like the idea of the note. I think it is one of those things that in three to four years, once that note recognition, a bit like what Siri is, the idea's there, but... Execution. If, if yeah. I write four different things and three of them work, one of them doesn't, and I have to constantly do it. That's enough for me to go flag it. I can just input it with my fingers. But um, I quite like it. It is big. You've definitely got to be a man bag carrier. <laughs> you can't put it in your pocket, eh? No. You've got to pick pockets. How often are you wearing a fishing vest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only thing you can pretty much carry a Galaxy Note on. But um, that, that's the, where I don't like Apple is they give so much grief to companies that are actually trying new things consistently whereas Apple spends so much money on design and you can never fault them for having the best materials oh, beautiful isn't it the best materials but these other companies are going hell let's do it yeah Give let's it a release go. a phone about half the size of die so you and I, wants it. You, you, <laughs> you and I are Kindle Fire fans what yeah. are you using yours for at the moment I use mine for um, Thanks to you guys and figuring out this VPN scenario, I ended up getting a, a strong VPN router in home, and um, I use it for. I read a lot. I um, ironically watch seven days on it because I can't watch seven days on my iPad because the TV three sites flash. <laughs> yeah. So you watch yeah. yourself? Is that what you're saying? I I just sit in bed next to my wife watching myself <laughs> <laughs> and going. She, like, she wants a hug, but I go look. There's I'll, I'll say give her the screen. Funny <laughs> shortly. <laughs> but um no, and I think that that form factor for personal watching is almost better than the iPad. Like, it's great, eh? Yeah. It's a great it, size. It is. I agree. So, yeah, for just your standard, your online streaming, really. Um, the browser leaves a bit to be desired, but not really, um, you know. It's I've, a good book reader and a good movie-watching device, isn't it? Yeah, and no, I, th- I think with the sort of carousel I've got at the, yep. the, the I think it's really well laid out, and it also lends itself to updates that could make it, um, you know, just a bit snappier and... Mm. And so forth. And I, th- I think got a, a lot of unwanted grief because it's definitely not an iPad threat. Oh, it's but they've still sold what eighteen million units now, or something stupid. So they're selling a lot in the market. It's but it's a different space. People are buying iPads and Kindle Fires together. You know, yeah. they're not they're not just buying one or the other because they have a, they serve a different purpose in some ways. And and again, I had an iPad when I was in Bali, and I had my Kindle. But you, you couldn't go outside with the iPad because you couldn't see it in the sun. Exactly. And, and, and I kindled it a, an ad recently in the US where they took the mickey out of that. They had a, a whole lot of Kindle Fire. They had a Kindle Fire and two Kindle Touches. And they said for those three devices, you can buy – that's what you can buy for the same price as an iPad. And you can use it outside. There's a novelty. Yeah. And, but, yeah. Well, I, I think Kindle definitely has a, a growing market. I bought my um, father for um, Christmas a Kindle. He, he, they, my parents are very avid book readers, but the, within one hour, he had um, downloaded a book and saw how it wi- wirelessly sunk. And then I came back the next day. Mama got a Kindle. <laughs> That's like, you awesome. know, like it, it's because they're very easy to use. Yeah. The shopping interface is seamless, and um, it people realise they're big travellers as well that they can actually carry all of this content. Oh, it's so good. I mean, books are just so big and heavy. And when you're traveling, you know, there's, these days, you know, the, the airlines have sort of pushed us to this concept of you travel light, otherwise yeah. you pay a lot of money. So, you know, it makes sense to actually use a Kindle. And, 
And, uh, you know, as you say, it's becoming really mainstream. I think the touch is probably part of that as well because everyone's so used to touch devices. So, you know, I think that was quite a good good step forward with the newer Kindles. Yeah, it's quite intriguing what um, the nook now has been dropped to the Kindle Fire price. And yes. they've come well, they've got a lower-end one. Yeah, they're like the, sort of making the, that uh, the... The 8 gig one. Because yeah. I think that, well, that sort of shows it's obviously... It's the right sort of, of price of point, isn't it? All right. Well, should we jump into the uh, the news for the week? Good to good to catch up. Good let's, to catch uh, up. Let Let's discuss some of the uh, some of the topics of the moment. Now, of course, this week we've got Mobile World Congress taking place in uh, in Spain in Barcelona, and there have been a whole bunch of announcements overnight. And no doubt there will be over the next uh, over the next few days. We'll hear we'll hear more bits and pieces. Um, one of the first of those is that um, the first bunch of quad core Android handsets are coming out. What do you guys actually think about Why? this idea of having Why? a quad core processor Why? in your cell phone? Uh, why? Yeah, wh- Sorry, but why? <laughs> I've never asked the question that it's oh, this is so slow. Yeah, and my contacts are coming up so slowly. Oh, Di's <laughs> face when he calls just <laughs> pixelates. No, I mean a quad core. I mean you could run NASA on this damn thing for Apollo thirteen. It's ridiculous. I you could probably run a hundred Apollo thirteens oh, on it. Look, I, I agree that we all want to have nippy operating systems, but write the operating system whether it's iOS, um, Windows Phone, Android. Write it to be more optimized. Get smarter. Don't just throw more horsepower at it because. It's just becoming bloatware based, but uh, I think it's crazy at the moment. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you that idea of write it and then go, oh, actually, we need a yeah. better chip to have this running on. Because we've got Siri's, yeah. Siri's now going to be in, in HD and she's going to be 3D generated. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> we need to have a high processor and a GPU in there, but right now, I just can't see that everyone's getting so hung up on having a quad core or an eight core or whatever it is in your phone, but why? No one can answer that for me at the moment. I think that um, phone companies should be focusing on cameras and camera sensors myself because this is the first time I travelled without taking an actual point and shoot. I just took my yep. 4S, which um, regardless of where you stand does sort of have the better, best spec camera at the moment. And I think that if people can really, but it's still not there, like they should be focusing on the sensors, on actually getting a really top-end camera into I can, a phone. I can and answer your question. The Nokia 808 41 megapixel camera on a phone has been released. Well, that, yeah, that was the big one of the big, I guess, Mobile World Con- Congress announcements. But does 41 megapixel... I mean, how do we get from having 5 <laughs> megapixel and 8 megapixel cameras to 41 megapixel? Well, t- now, if you look at digital SLR cameras... You know, the top end of those are usually around yeah, 24. I think they've just moved into the sort of 36 megapixel end. But that's with a huge lens, lets in a massive amount of light. How can it make sense to have software. a 41 <laughs> megapixel no, uh, well, it's actual, a- actual It's you know, a sensor. 5 megapixel camera Like uh, when you go to print the, re- the, the result, right? Yeah, the result. Because they compress it seven it, times. So yeah. I, I saw today some image... Things. They always go with an image that's shot in the most beautiful yeah. top highlight. Was it the two people in the background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen that And one. then they zoomed right into yeah, the yeah. person. They're, but it's uh, sure it's got a great camera. But it's, isn't it running Symbian? Like it's running the old Nokia operating it, it's, system. Uh, yeah, it's running the latest update of that Symbian Bell. 
Um, yeah, well, well, no, they should yeah. be putting everything on Windows Phone. Though, it surely, is a strange, it is a strange maneuver. I imagine they must have been working on this one for some time, and they've been working on a combo of the hardware and the software together. So to release that on, you know, say with Windows Phone, yeah, it wasn't going to be practical because they were already, you know, so far down the track. But Nokia it. released three non-Microsoft phones. They released the 808, they released one called the Aria, and they did an N9. The, the, the old N9, yeah, yeah. they released an update to that, and they released Windows Phone all over World Conference. So it's almost like, I don't know if they've got three bits going, but they've still got the old trees of, of the Symbian and the N9 stuff, the Mego stuff, still floating around, and they are doing work on it. And obviously, Windows Phone, they've got four phones now in the marketplace. So they they obviously they had a big World Conference for them. No, and I, I must say, I've got a soft spot for Nokia when I think that they... Um I, even if I don't sort of buy their products, I always appreciate that they're trying to do something and they're always trying to do something design-wise, trying to do something software-wise, and they're actually releasing something. Like, why aren't BlackBerry? What, are, what was their announcement? We might do something next year. BlackBerry, or, no, they, really, they, yeah, they well, did a software update, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they have just they have had some recent announcements, but the problem with, with what BlackBerry are doing is it just it isn't quite enough to get anybody's attention and I think you know that they've just been moving a little bit too slow and it doesn't take too long of that before you know the the opportunity's lost but even you look how HTC Samsung and that have really honed their Android devices to now they're really sought after you yep. know like and that's in the period of a couple of years but BlackBerry have had a lot of bad publicity too. They've had obviously bad software updates, bad hardware updates, but also, they remember the executive management on the flight back from Japan? Oh, yeah. They had a massive, they've had to fire. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's six or eight of them, but they all got drunk and, I mean, horrendously drunk and, you know, it was all the arrested. One guy chewed his way through his restraints. Exactly. <laughs> so they haven't had good PR. And I think a combination of almost the perfect storm scenario for BlackBerry is that the products haven't been right, that things have been delayed. Man, they've had some bad people PR out there. The media have turned against them, where they used to be the darlings of the of the world. So, but it's also a perfect um, mo- uh, thing of how you've got to keep moving, you've got to keep innovating. Yeah. Otherwise, because they, yeah, yeah. they can't just. I think there was a moment where they went. They had BBM. They had all of the um, all of the sort of people who were into email on their phone, and they went. We've got this market locked down. And the the problem in the technology space is you can't actually just rely on one product. You know, if we we look at you know so many companies that have been successful in one area or another, you know, eventually a whole lot of people are going to come after you in that space. And if you don't manage to be the innovator the whole way through, and that's all you're doing, then you're pretty stuffed. And I think that's that's BlackBerry's issue at the moment, is that you know, iPhone and Android have done so incredibly well that there just isn't really much room left for them to to exist. Because you most could say the same thing about Apple gone. as well, though. I mean, Apple they didn't sit. But Android's come after them. Everyone's coming after Android. Yeah. It's exactly, you're right. It's, mm. it's whoever's top dog, everyone comes after them. Now it's mm. Apple. Now Android. Well, Android's becoming top dog. So everyone's coming after Android now. But so Apple and Google, you know, Microsoft, these players have got a whole lot of products in yep. a lot of different spaces. Whereas if BlackBerry doesn't solve, you know, their their current issues, then the whole company's gone. They don't have any other products. They could say, oh, well, we'll fall back on our you know, big operating yeah. system. We'll <laughs> fall back on these other things. Um, they're gone, so they can't then take those funds and put them back into you know another generation of mobile devices or tablets. It's uh, It'll be too late for them. And that's very much what happened to Palm too, wasn't it? You know, Palm didn't have a, you know, they were just a mobile company, 
and uh, you know they didn't manage to pull it off. So um, you know they were lucky to get a little bit of a reprieve there when HP bought them. But uh, you know I guess we can see the um, the fruit of that investment from HP. Yeah, I just find it bizarre because that they can't see with their own eyes that they're in possibly one of the most competitive yep. um, industries in the world at the moment. Like everyone wants to be not the new iPhone, but the new. Galaxy Nexus, the new iPhone, the, new, the new phone the that new everyone wants. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm. But, I mean, also over at Mobile World Congress, Congress, we've had a lot of phones, but there's also been a lot of tablets. Have you guys had a chance to see all the new tablets that are coming through as well? Um, the the new- Asus Pad phone is an interesting I one, know. which has been talked about for a while, hasn't it? But it's now, it's here. What is it? So the the concept is that you've got... Sounds like an infomercial. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what, so Paul, tell it, us Paul? more. <laughs> For nine ninety nine. Oh, well, Di, uh, look, if you just uh, give us your credit card details. <laughs> um, now, no, the, so the pad phone is... Um, the well, There's one, one headline that I came across which said, one device to rule them all. Uh, so <laughs> that must be out of an infomercial. Um but what it is, it's a smartphone that can dock into a, a dumb tablet, so the tablet doesn't have, it's really just a screen, Yeah. and the smartphone is all the smarts for the device, and then you can also connect it into a keyboard. So this is something we were talking about on the NZ Tech Podcast a few weeks ago, was the concept that, you know, in the future we're going to be in a position where you will have one device in your pocket that will be all of your computing power. And I guess the pad phone is a sort of a variation on that concept. It doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. Yeah, it doesn't do it wirelessly. Um, so you take that phone and you slot it into this bigger screen, and it all connects up. And then you can connect that, um, you know, tablet type screen into a keyboard if you want that type of capability. Um, but you know, effectively, you're talking about an Android handset with a small screen that can then blow up to use a big screen and can also use a keyboard. It's like a docking station, isn't it, for a phone? In some ways, you plug it in. Yeah, the phone slides inside the the back of that yeah. um, tablet screen. Exactly. So well, is this the answer to why so many quad cores are well, starting to it's come a good out? Point, like you know, if 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 people are leaning towards that, because I see that then migrating to what you come home and you have a little dock, and then your TV's your computer, and you pick up a keyboard. So that yeah, I mean. Imagine have Roku have got a Roku on a USB stick now. Now there's a few requirements around that. It's not simple plug and play. But imagine being able to just to walk up to any laptop, plug in a USB stick, and suddenly, yet there's my Roku working wow. anywhere in the world, yeah. or, or on any TV in the world, or you know whether it, whatever device you can, it's got a screen. That would be very cool because suddenly you've got internet-based television wherever you go. It has Wi-Fi and everything built in. That would be a very cool concept. I'd like to see more of that plug and play type. Well, then it also it opens for um, better competition, I think, because then you get third-party manufacturers making things, and often that's when people come out with an idea that is an amazing concept that might not be realised, but that concept sparks other manufacturers to try and do it correctly. Now... Uh, going back to other tablets, uh, Brad, you were talking about some of the other ones that you had, you had seen from announcements at Mobile World Congress. What were the, you know, was there anything in particular there that was sort of jumping out at you other than the the pad phone? I mean, the pad phone is a is a you know, I guess it's well, it's more than just a tablet. Uh, what are the, what are the other things? So, 
for me, the tablet. There was two types of tablets there. There was the large screen and the small screen. And by small screen, I mean, I mean between six and a half and seven and a half inches. So, but around the Kindle Fire size for yeah. people that know. And um, Intel have got one, and I'm not going to pronounce this right. The Zolo, the Zola X X O L. I think it's Zola. Zola. And um, it's actually quite. It's like um, it's like the the Samsung Skip's got at the moment. The white one. It's quite a large device, but it's almost that hybrid, like you said, like the the Galaxy, the Tab one, where you'd use the screen. And I'm see- I'm seeing a lot of those come out, but the chipset is Intel, and that's a big difference because we've been using big, the ARM-based exactly. chips for a long time. Yeah, and Intel were doing a huge yeah. push on these at CES on on the phone side, and it's interesting to see that they've they've you know they've finally got some customers. I think people were wondering whether <laughs> anyone actually was was interested. <laughs> that's I, a bit harsh. <laughs> no, no, because they you know, what what is their competitive advantage? And I don't think that there's a whole you know, there's been a whole lot because there's been so many ARM options and everything works with ARM. Why would you develop for, you know, another incompatible platform? It's a lot of work, a lot of R and D. My pick is that Intel have actually funded funded this process because why would you go through and completely, you know, change your platform just for the sake of it? Is the chip going to be five dollars or ten dollars less? You've got to. There's got to be some really compelling reason to go and completely change your platform. I don't think that their chip is, um, you know, a million miles ahead from a from a performance uh, perspective, etc. And also, there's the new Samsung Galaxy tablet. Now, I don't know if it's ten dot one. I'm just quickly looking here, but that's been doing the people have been walking around and doing the whole iPhone. Oh, we've left it in a bar type stuff. We're not going, but they've been showing yeah. it off, but not showing it off because Samsung haven't actually done their um, keynote session at the moment. But that's going around, and that's using ice cream sandwich. So all the stuff that I've seen is all ICS, um, but they've got their new, and it actually looks it's about an eight to nine inch form factor as well. Um, and I mean the specs aren't out, so we, I'm guessing from the photos and looking at a guy's hand lay, placed across it at the moment. But they've got new tablets coming out from their side as well. So I think we're starting to see a, a lot of new tablets coming through, which are in that hybrid phone world phase at the moment, which which is kind of cool. See, I um I I'm a bit dubious myself on um, Android tablets. I um. On uh, seven days, for instance, we have an interesting mix of people who, between iPads and um, Samsung Galaxy Tabs, and all the people with Galaxy Tabs seem to get a bit jealous, actually, of the iPad when it comes to doing some actual input and so forth. So I I don't know whether um, an Android tablet has been properly realised, and whether, I I mean, I haven't played on an ice cream sandwich one, so I'm not that sure whether... um, whether that's going to hit the mark either. Yeah, I mean that, that's this is a, a, a space where we where you, we're going to see. You've had to go, haven't you? Ice cream sandwich, and you have a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things we were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago was uh, ice cream sandwich running on a um, an HP touchpad. So yeah. that's quite possible now, and there's details online how you do that. And that was looking actually looking really nice, uh, but I think you know this week. As well as having Mobile World Congress on, we've got um, a mobile, a semi-mobile announcement, of course, coming from Microsoft. With they've got all their Windows people uh, also in Barcelona for the big uh, Windows 8 announcement, and we'll be seeing Windows and how that really looks on a tablet. And I guess we'll be starting to get a handle um, over the next few months as new tablets come out. 
where Windows fits in this picture as well. So really, to date, Windows hasn't you know hasn't really been a player in that space. So I think you know throughout the year we're going to see. Obviously, we've got the announcements and so on that have been coming through now, but I think we're going to see a lot more announcements, and we'll actually get to see, you know, what the full picture looks like with three, you know, three solid competitors in the space. And then I suppose it's what device makes it to New Zealand. Well, then we find out the cream that the cream that rises to the top. Well, I think that the... Coming to New Zealand, cream rising? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look at the phones we don't get. I'm yeah. sorry, I'd argue on that well, one. I yeah, think, no, I agree. I th- well, I think in the tablet space, we're much better off in the, than in the mobile space uh, because there there isn't the same... Uh, what's the what's a nice way to put this? The telcos don't screw it up for us as a consumers. Stuff putting it nicely. Yeah. Um, there are no telcos in the in the um, there's no telcos in the way to stop us getting the newest tablets and and so on. Particularly, you know, these newer ones that are um, you know more back to the Samsungs and uh, Lenovo's and HP who will sell their products through normal uh, distribution channels. So. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll we'll see quite an interesting mix coming out through the year. Um, so for listeners that are interested in that, uh, Windows 8, the consumer uh, preview will be available. Brad, is it uh, Thursday or Friday? It's the 28th, isn't it, or 29th uh, in, the U- in the US. So that means uh, that means sort of Friday uh, here in, in New Zealand. Yeah, so what you're going to get on Friday is you're going to get the consumer preview, which will um, give you Windows client, the Windows client, um, and that'll hopefully give you also the tablet and the, the PC version. So that'll give you your enterprise desktop. And that'll be available for download on Friday in New Zealand on March the 1st. I actually can't say any more than that because there is other stuff that I just can't talk about. Otherwise, I get fired. And uh, again, as we've established, I do like my job. <laughs> and we want you to keep your job, Brad. Yep. So uh, thanks, for, thanks for sharing that. Now, in, um, at Mobile World Congress, there's also been news released uh, around the... Uh, new update to Windows Phone that will allow it to run on lower end devices and in line with that I think Nokia have announced their 610 product uh, which is a smartphone that by the sounds of it will end up yeah, roughly 400 New Zealand dollars uh, mm. possibly even possibly even sort of 350 depending on where you know where GST fits into that picture uh, which is getting to a you know I guess is bringing uh, Windows Phone into a much more competitive position with the low-end Android devices, but the difference from uh, what I'm reading on the specs is that there won't really be, you know, a noticeable degradation in in most cases with the actual, uh, you know, experience. Yeah, you've got a little bit less RAM and so on, uh, but 95% of the apps will just run as they always did on the higher-end devices. So uh, I think that's going to be quite um, quite interesting to see how that helps. Windows Phone in the market. Well, well, generally, I think just the fact that Nokia has really come on board and is releasing, um, sort of trying to hit all ends of the market with Windows Phone has got to be a bonus for Windows Phone because it just, I think it's a brand that more people are associated with, have positive associations with in New Zealand, Mm. (laughs) and um, and that. The operating system, like, there's no one's got anything bad to say about Windows Phone. It just hasn't yet had its real kick into the market, and I think Nokia could be crucial to well, doing they, that. They still make a hundred million plus phones. Yeah, yeah so num- number one phone manufacturer. So yeah, it, it's a big thing. And I mean, the the key thing with the six team, which got announced, will allow. How do I put this? Bit trying to be politically correct, it would allow 
the markets where devices like the 710 and the 800 and the 900 are too expensive, so China, especially India, and they basically want to have your mum and dad have your, your standard old Nokia phones, what they've got now. That's what they want to make, the, the 610, I'm assuming. Yeah. That type of the old standard, oh, the builder pulls it out of his pocket and Fred says, hey, I'm going to, you know, but it's a Windows phone interface. That's what they're after is that bulk standard bread and butter phone. And that's what the, I believe the 610 will start to be in a lot of those markets and it'll be a really cheap price point. I think they've announced the European pricing. I saw something online of 167 euros. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're yeah from the way I translate it, we're probably in that three fifty to four hundred New yeah. Zealand dollar uh, price range know. potentially. Uh, you know, you never know quite how it lands because, again, you know the the our mighty friends the telcos <laughs> are, are in that mix, and you know who knows how it's going to land. But there will be a source you'll be able to get it. You get those phones in New Zealand, I imagine, um, at that sort of low end price point, which is. I think is a pretty sharp point for a for a good quality uh, good quality handset. I mean, we look at most of those lower end Android handsets, and traditionally they've run a really old version of the operating system, or they've been laggy, or maybe they've had re- resistive touch uh, screens. So bringing in a really good quality um, consistent phone or the manufa- that price point manufacturers just put a beautiful skin over Android that makes the phone so lovely to use. <laughs> but the thing is, but those Don't low end those low, <laughs> those low end Android phones, the problem you have there, and I've, I've a couple of my friends have actually got these low end ones. They think it's great because it's three ninety nine, right? It's like oh three ninety nine, and I've got an Android phone. One, it's sluggish as all hell. The second thing is when the next version of Android of 2.25.35.29, oh, whatever Come comes on, out, Brad. Don't overstate <laughs> it. Come on. Comes out. They can, they can never upgrade their phone unless they go online and read a page that shows them how to sideload it and everything else. And this is the problem that they've got is that you yeah, buy, for, your average, for your average it's Joe, a it's a problem. I, it's I a mean, I think for tech heads that don't mind getting in there and, and you know squeezing on the newest builds and so on, it's not so much of an issue. Uh, but, yeah, for your average Joe, they will probably end up at the end of the life of their Android handset with the same version of the operating system that it's shipped with. But that, that's so annoying because you have... The the complete opposite of that, when, say, Apple used to be your tiny company, now it's your mainstream company, and your mum and your dad have got an iPhone, and they can go, oh, you've got that new iMessage thing. They go to the software, they press it, it's not up to date, you press the update button, and the, and, and you get it. And I appreciate that. So, sometimes but, you completely, they completely yeah. screw their phone in doing it, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I've just been I've just been given that the Mango version. If I want Mango, it was seven dot ten dot seven seven two zero dot six eight. So they competing with the Android guys as well. <laughs> so have crazy. So long that's from uh, Skip. Thank you. Numbers. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for that, Skip. But no, I do appreciate with that. With when, also when you're working across a lot of manufacturers, it's a whole other thing when people are skinning their phones and that it must affect it. You can't just so issue an update hold on, out. To what people. does this sound like? Three years ago, do I say Windows Phone? Remember the old days of the Windows Phone 6.5 operating system? Windows Mobile. Windows Mobile, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah my apologies. Yeah, Windows Mobile, where HTC would write their skins and everyone else is doing it. Everyone was complaining about how it was slow. Exactly and would the, the, and would the yeah. update come out? Would we be able to get exactly. an update on this phone? I'm looking to see whether my oh. phone's going to be able to get an update from 6.0 to 6.5. XDA developers would yeah. be hacking the ROMs. It's Does that not sound like something where Windows mobile was in trouble about three or four years ago before windows phone came out yeah. it's the same they're going it's not that it's a bad thing but you've just got to be careful 
that the experience is the same and everyone's enjoying the Android platform because it's a good platform. It really is. And I think you know they you know Google understand that, and this is something that they're working to address. But it, you know I think it is a consideration when you're uh, you know as a general you know uh, consumer that doesn't want to get too uh, too techy with with updates and so on for their device. It's it's one of those things. The device you buy is probably going to be the device you you know you've got for its life. You're not necessarily going to be able to get a shiny new operating system when when it comes out. Yeah. Now I must, I must say to all my um, iPhone brothers and sisters out there, here's, here's a bugging thing that has bugged a lot of iPhone users, and my mate finally pointed out an app that's workaround to this is oh, going directly to the Bluetooth setting to turn it on and off. This is an old bugbear of yours. I remember you going <laughs> oh, on and It drives me it. nuts now because nothing gets me going in the morning like blue net Bluetooth connectivity. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I have is Bluetooth, and um, there's an app called Launch Center which you tap it and you can just then tap Bluetooth and it goes straight and turns Bluetooth on or off. You can also, when you open it, set a URL to open any app or perform any application on an iPhone. It's very easy to use and it's awesome. The only problem is now Apple are going to change their whole thing in the update and you can no longer access settings or apps through the URL name. Yeah. But... And could buy a then. phone where Bluetooth actually worked. So just yeah, bring what, it out there. Oh, I know you're just throwing it <laughs> no, out there. Just putting it there. Well, what's it's a, crazy, but it just <laughs> might work. <laughs> why do you Why do you need to get an in touchy Bluetooth? I mean, I can't. Well, my my thing is, I, I find traveling a lot. I do the anything that can save me battery drain. I'm I'm trying to go against. Like I have my Mophie juice pack sort of things, and I'm with that. And um, it just annoys me because I use it in the car. I use a car, the Jawbone Jambox is my sort of mm, speaker mm. I travel with. Which It's I, a nice thing, isn't it? It's a nice thing. It's a high-end price point, but mine's fallen a lot. It's done me a year and a half. And um, it's that thing of when you use a setting, you should be able to not have to do four or five taps. So to be able to just tap this launch center open, and you can also set it to make call anyone or text anyone. So it's something that's been a bugbear of mine for a long time, and it's that and um, uh, Gmail are the two reasons why I might move, make a move to somewhere, but it scares some, me. <laughs> some, somewhere that begins with G. Yeah, exactly. In- interesting. Now, in other news. And it's not exactly solid news, but um, there's been a lot of talk about this iPad 3 thing. What do you guys think? Is the iPad 3 going to be announced this week? Okay, I'll put a question back to you. Who really cares? I, at the moment. I'm sorry. I'm just a new camera and a better screen resolution. I think there are a I, lot of people that I, are interested I'm in this. Sorry. People are fired up about getting um, the potential of retina display, a high resolution display, and I think... Um, I think it's coming soon, judging by the fact that Adobe released Photoshop touch uh, today. It's next two weeks. Um, yeah, next two weeks. Um, everyone, I think, their big moves are going to be um, graphical interface towards graphic designers. Like They went hard with the music on the two. I think they're going to go hard on the camera and the design on the three. But it hasn't changed from the two. It's got a biggest, a better screen and a better camera. How, well, how do we know what, what hasn't, hasn't that's changed? Okay, that's yeah. that's the rumour mill, right? I mean, unless yeah. they're going to do something phenomenal with it, the operating system's still going to be the same. Right, then, the, unless they're going to come out with a new version of the operating system, which you normally hear a few bits and bobs around it, but it's going to be a major hardware change is what they're talking about we're hearing. 
what can they really, really do at the moment that's, that's going to be groundbreaking with it? Well, I, I agree with you. I'm not going to purchase one. I use my iPad purely for IA Writer as an app that I use on the Mac and on the iPad, which is the best writing interface I've ever used. Um, I use it for writing, so nothing, a camera or a um, fast processor. In fact, I was in a way a bit gutted. I went bought the two when I had the one because I haven't noticed... I don't use GarageBand on yep. this, which is really the only flagship app which tests its its powers. An extra two millimeters th- thinner and maybe an extra five hours battery life. That you know that would be kind of interesting, maybe. But but, but then they have to get it out, I suppose. They they, gotta, they have they got they got to they got to make money, which is yeah. what they're after. And there's been some talk maybe they're going to release an eight inch one. I think that's I think that would be a good move. That's if they, interesting. If they have two two sizes, yeah. If the iPad three had Retina display, faster processor, and was a different size, then that would really and get Siri me. and yeah. Siri app built into it, which Siri could be put on the iPad two now. Well, you can hack it already and do yeah. it. So, but I mean, because a small seven or eight inch form factor would compete directly with the Kindle size, and that would be the going after to squash that space. So. But yeah, and and also Apple are a company who have enough spare change in the bank to go in at any price point they want to. Really? Oh yeah, I mean they could buy New Zealand. Let's be realistic, <laughs> and have and have a lot of money left over. Tim Cook, he seems like a nice guy. He could, he could be a buy good the prime minister. He could sort out our problems with Otago rugby at the moment. You know, the black cla- the the black caps and the all blacks would have some pretty slick uniforms if they're designed by Apple. Yeah, you could have the IO Targo rugby team and. <laughs> Yeah, we we would all end up looking like um, or, or like the staff at a uh, factory in China. Yeah. So we'd all have nice, you know, nice outfits, and actually it would be that they'd acquired New Zealand so that uh, we could become a little factory for them. Wow, that's scary. Have thought. a little polo next to the uniforms. And- <laughs> However, I've met a lot of rural New Zealand Kiwis. I, I don't reckon we can polish ice cream, I, um, iPhone screens as fast as the Chinese. No, to be honest. No, look, I, 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 I'm dead serious. The iPad 2 is actually a really good device. Yeah. Right? If it sits in the middle, if you didn't have an iPad 1, an iPad 2 is a good device. Unless they put a really amazing camera on it and make it a device where you can capture things. We talked about this with before with the photographs and everything else. If you could have what you talked about, which is maybe even a 16-megapixel camera that gave you really good quality that that for me would actually give me a compelling reason to really look at getting rid of my current iPad and buying a new one because I could actually use it for Skype and Link and all the other video services that I want to use and and bits and pieces. But a Retina display, you know what? The screen is pretty good at the moment, and I, I can't if it goes to a Retina display. It doesn't make my icons look any better. Does it make Zombie Attack any better for as a game? Or do you then, yeah. if you're porting your apps from your iPad too, do you then have to put them in two times yeah. on a iPad 3 or would they naturally just be more pixelated? But there's a New Zealand company, iOS eShutter or something, that makes um, uh, time-lapse um, apps for the iPhone that connects to Canon cameras. That's right. And once cameras start going into either wireless or Bluetooth at high-end DSLRs, I really, I'm in a lot of filming situations, I can really see the benefit of handing an iPad to a client and they're watching a photo shoot on that wirelessly coming in going, yeah, we sort of like that, we like that. And then for someone to be able to do a quick mock-up with layers and so forth on a Photoshop app, not not the f- final product, but I can see that being a very appealing point in the market. But you don't necessarily need to use a tablet to actually do that. That could, I mean, it could be any... MacBook, you know, Windows, whatever, any Linux. device that's, that's within that workflow space. 
Yeah, I was just in the in in that setting, the design of an iPad and the way it all sort of happens makes a client feel quite flashy. I think like well, it's it's, you're bringing you bring the bling factor, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all bling factor. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, Paul, from your perspective, I mean, I, I know you've got the magpie fix. If you see it shiny, you buy it. <laughs> but I mean, realistically, no, it's a good thing. Yeah, we, we do love I think them for the that. Magpie fit is usually described something slightly different to that, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, but I mean, what would be the benefits for you to buy a new iPad three? From what you've heard of the rumor mill. Uh, for me personally, I mean, you know what I do. I, I try and keep up with what's going on, so I'll buy something to, to test it out and to see whether whether I think it's suitable for me to use, whether I think it's suitable to advise listeners on the podcast to use, whether I think it's uh, suitable for my, my customers uh, within my company. Um, so that's part of my role. Now, from what I've heard about the iPad 3 at the moment, um, I yeah, I don't see it being something that is going to be a killer device. But hey, I'll have a look at it, and I'll. And I'm not I'll, saying I won't have a look at it, but I'm saying, yeah, is it that compelling reason to spend eleven hundred dollars or whatever it's going not, to be? Not from what I'm hearing so far. Yeah, and but, that's the thing. But there is a set. You know, we've always got to remember there's a segment of our audience and and of the consumers that will want to have the latest device because it will bring with it features that are that are better. And some of that is just well, I've had this one a year. I'll pass that to my brother, my daughter, my you know, uh, husband, my wife, and I'll get the new one. And there are plenty of people that are going to do that. So I don't think there's any question that they're yeah. going to sell a good. They're going to sell a good quantity. Oh, it's they been will. A long enough time. I do like if you wrapped up um, Paul's justification. It was I buy gadgets for the greater good. I know. Yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> little halo of here. So, so you're so good. <laughs> but no, um, but I mean, I'm going to be buying. I'll be buying a Windows 8 tablet. You know, so I'll be buying. You know, there's probably going to be a whole bunch of tablets that I'm going to use this year. What I end the year using, I don't know. But my feeling is that you know, I've got my MacBook here in front of me with the new, um, what's it called? Not Snow um, Cougar. With, no, that's the that's the <laughs> with, with mountain, mountain lion, mountain lion Cougar. You know, I'm trying that out. It'll be interesting to see whether Apple comes to the table with some sort of a you know a hybrid device that is. You know, it's quite possible for them to come out with with something um, that would do something along the lines of Windows 8 that could be a little bit of a mix. Although, uh, when you look at Mountain Lion, it's not really geared for touch. It's a minor it's, release. It's getting closer to, um, um, you know, iOS, but it's not really geared up for touch. Where totally So, agree. Windows 8, I think, is, is sort of probably leaps and bounds ahead in terms of that... Um, but you know, then I, I also think um, if you take away from the touch, Apple does have their integration is very good between um, pages and their, their own apps do talk nicely to each other. Mm. I mean, if if Office is running at full full noise on a tablet and on uh, um, and on my laptop, then I can see that being a something because I I go between Word documents and. Um, spreadsheets a lot and I, I just find it plays quite nicely in the cloud not so much with hopefully Lion has sorted um, the cloud and documents out <laughs> the whole co- but we'll, no, we'll, the- we'll see. now I just want to throw something completely different into the mix last week there was news that uh, Google this year are going to launch up a, a launch a head, heads up display glasses so these will be glasses that you can wear that are going to have some sort of Android 
um, operating system built into them. And as you're wandering around, you'll be able to stream across the screen as well as, you know, looking out and seeing what you see, information, you know, like uh, news, maybe emails and other bits and pieces that are just going to feed through on this. Do, does, do either of you think this makes any sense well, at all? I'd like to quote international tech podcaster Paul Spain on this issue. <laughs> I was listening to you what on the we, on the Twit network. Oh yes, <laughs> and um, you made a very valid point. Actually, this is a couple of days ago about how these had um, come out of whatever you what it, they're packing so much into them. They've got to be quite cumbersome. Oh, I know it just seems like, it's the whole concept to me just sounds really really bizarre. I can see you know maybe if you could you didn't have to wear some real nerdy you know proprietary glasses with battery packs and things and maybe it'd be useful if it could leverage you know your phone in your pocket or something but the idea of wearing an actual full no, you're both wrong you both device there is around. one industry where these will be absolutely amazing what's that the adult entertainment industry <laughs> no seriously it will i could see it it's but you need to sell a lot of this product to make it worthwhile, and I don't think Google want to get a name for themselves that they're you know they're selling this device just for it's that. A, it's a what is it a seventy billion dollar business in the US? It's not a small industry, and I can see it. Many, honestly, I can see it being there. How many people market their glasses as well? Of going, don't wear them for very long. Like so, that is a side point of the glasses because yeah, they mess, mess up your uh, eyesight. And, and and it's going to be obviously it'll move when you, your head moves. So you're going to want to have something, you know. Skip's yelling out medical and flying. I can just imagine a surgeon going, having his eyes, and he's doing his bits and pieces. And the nurse goes, "Doctor," and he turns and he accidentally cuts something because his head moves and stuff. You, you've got to keep in that perspective <laughs> that whatever you're looking at is going to be what your eyes are doing. You've got to be able to keep that vision in front of you and I think anything like medical at the moment it's got to be eyes and hands almost hands free it needs to be at that almost robotic layer but Google, oh gosh I'm turning into poor Google are, <laughs> Google are at the next level though I mean they're Google mapping caves in Japan they're Great Barrier Reef yeah, they're doing that they're, at the moment so they've obviously got a bit of spare cash at or they've got some people who have got their managers to sign off on cheap labour. I think there's a little bit of cash uh, floating around there. Uh, I've got on 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 a side note an interesting piece of um, tech news that I read today. Oh no! Um, that you know, out of CES came that 3D printer. Yes, yeah, yeah they were in three. Yeah, now the Smithsonian is now um, making their entire history museum collection 3D printable. Like so you can just download history. Yeah, so they're doing 3D models like of all their sort of aeronautical um, stuff and everything that's been the Smithsonian. This is from um, um, CNET, so it's a pretty decent sort of um, tip-off. And they're making 3D models of them all, and then they're slowly releasing them all as in printable 3D versions. Wow. That's... Um that's quite interesting. I think it's the first sort of announcement of that we've. I mean, we've heard anywhere. Well, that may not be an official announcement. No, it's but right, yeah. it sounds pretty uh, pretty official. And well, well, I mean, something for um, it's not something that they've given a timeline on. So I imagine it's quite a undertaking. But something like that has so much because it also is a massive benefit to museums for restoration if they have full three D models. Um, I have some breaking news. This, this a, a, a shipping document. This is real. This is on CNET. Yeah. So it's just going. A shipping document has just been released by um, the uh, what are the, the the nine to five Mac people, which shows that the Apple I th- iPad threes are already being shipped to America. So it's happening. It's live, baby. So they've got ship. They're tracking shipping documents now to try and work out where the iPads are going to land. Wow. So they're just saying Mac to five, saying 
they're required and they're not going to exit schedule is and they've got cargo planes landing in for the actual launch with shipping containers arriving in the US two weeks later, which will have additional stock for the US markets of iPad threes. Oh, it's like being it's scary, isn't it? It's like back in sl- World War Two. Uh, no, England. it's the Germans. I've left. When, <laughs> they, when are they arriving? <laughs> Front page news of CNET. You know, shipping document discloses iPad three launch. I mean, but it's just incredible where people are actually rummaging through the rubbish to find out when these damn things are going to arrive. I, I feel sorry if you do work for a supplier because it must be impossible not to get fired these days. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's trying to. Everyone's looking in your bin and looking at your receipts and. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Oh, people put false. I mean, I, I I hear a lot of stuff out in the industry and in, in the enterprise space. People actually put false rubbish in their um, waste bins, like the paper stuff, to put um, competitors off because they actually have companies that go there, get the trash, and g- um, go through and try and work out what's going on. And people put false documents in there to try and put people off. That, but that's, that's like designers, um, those designers at Apple who work on false products for six months or whatever before they're actually told the goods. Yeah, that's that's somewhat fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, just to see if they're going to leak anything. Yeah, that's I've heard that before, horrible. actually. You go in and you get hired to be the janitor or something and you actually get put off doing a, a special project. Yeah, a special project with six other guys, yeah, exactly. six other new guys. <laughs> You're all sort of walking around. But no, look, I mean, I can see I can see this, the, the concept of having the Google goggles. I just think it needs to be almost hands-free typed-based voice gesture and stuff like that I think the goggles aspect needs, is just a little bit yeah mm. I, d- I think the eyes are too much cr- too crucial to a human and their actual interaction with the world that it surely could be maybe um, a monocle that you put on or so, or something <laughs> I think Hogan's <laughs> Heroes when you do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had a, or some little sort I, of I reading think, glasses or some no we've got to go to that sort of that the the true the true um uh, Android type style where it's actually you know it's man and machine sort of merging I think it needs to be something directly plugged into the brain I mean why why have to look at some bit of electronics when you just wire straight into the brain you could just plug you could, something you know, into put, your brain put the Paul Spain the six million dollar man <laughs> now other other little news just before we uh, before we close up and we're just coming to an end um, there's been a little bit of information just um, just come through um, in the in the last uh, few minutes, I think that um, Microsoft are blending Windows Phone and Connect into a, get this a Holoflector augmented reality mirror. Now, does anyone does that does that wording make sense to anybody? Holoflector, so so some sort of holog- holographic type um, um, <laughs> experience. Skip's freaking out. He just it doesn't make any sense to him. Um, and apparently, the other thing that they've um, that they've just been uh, showing off is a interactive three D desktop prototype. Um, again, sounds kind of out there. So, um, but I think I noticed that's on. Um, is that on this, the on the verge? We're just having a did look at the watch, verge at the um, moment. Joshua Topolsky did a good tour around Reading and Microsoft's research labs. And did what you they see were, that? Yeah, yeah that what was they were fascinating. Do, and it? what they were doing with the Connect there in terms of doing making three D almost holograms or more images you could turn around. And I I think one of the most beautiful things is the Connect how it's sort of been in the market for so long, yet its reach is going to be so epic, and I think it's going to sort of once it starts connecting to computers and then suddenly it comes out with software in that and people go shivers 
I've got one of those in the living room. It's, you <laughs> you know, know, like pe- people forget it's three HD cameras and it's actually beaming out and picking up all the stuff. It's just, it's such a powerful little piece of technology that is so underutilized at the moment. And it watches you all the time. Yeah, I can't talk it's anymore. A bit, Sorry. It's a bit, yeah. I, I'm shutting up again. <laughs> um, quickly, there's um, a new Macware mail export that's been discovered in New Zealand. It's on Computer World. I'm getting rushed along here. It exploits the Java bug. Um, it's called flashback.g. It's Computer World is saying, please make sure if you've got a Mac, you've got all the latest updates for Java and for the OS because they're finding it's you know, stealing username and passwords on Mac users. Um, and they just want people to make sure that people are getting updated. Just a bit of Computer World New Zealand advice. Excellent. And the last bit of news was that Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak is coming to Auckland in May. Who's going to buy a ticket? I think they're about, what are they, not $800, $900 a seat? Well, uh, just a cool $850. I yeah. take a few mates along. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a cool event. You could, but, you could um, MC it. Yeah. A bit, a bit pricier than your, uh, your, your average gig, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, my thing is I don't know what... I could learn from him, like I, I like I've because he's one of those sort of iconic people that you end up reading so much mm. about and what he says and so forth. I mean, and also from the Steve Jobs biography and so forth. I don't think he is he's sort of almost pulled out a bit of tech. Like I mean, I don't necessarily know what he'd have to say for the future, but I'm I th- sure I think he'd be an absolutely fascinating person to hear. Um, but yeah, I think you know people. It is just a lot of money, and and there probably aren't many of us that have ever paid, you know, eight hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket for anything. So I think that's the that's the bit that will will slow down sales. But I think there's enough people that are interested in Apple and hearing a bit about its history and hearing some of his perspectives on. Um, on business, and I think he is pretty well connected with what Apple, you know, what Apple have you know have done to be successful. Um, I think he's going to have some pretty cool and a, a big part cool of his um, talk is also because he was so moved by Mike Daisy's um, monologue that he did about the Apple factories and Foxconn and so forth because yep. mm, he saw that mm. in Sydney, and um, that's now apparently become quite a big part of his talk about how Apple ended up in a situation like that and what theoretically they should do. So he'd be interesting to hear, as you're saying, because he was also sort of, I suppose, more of the humanitarian amongst the... Um, he was the social the, conscience yeah. of Apple. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Paul, to your point, I think a lot of corporates will go. I think it'll be a corporate gig. It won't be a standard um, Joe, a lot of Joe Public accepted some diehard fanboys. But the good thing about was he still goes to his local Apple store and he still queues outside. He's, yeah, he just bought the you know when yep. the iPhone 4s came out, he was there. He was the front of the queue. Yeah, he waited out there I think He's, overnight yep. to get it that way, rather than going to Apple and saying, you know, hey, look, I'm a co-founder. Make sure you hook me up with the latest device. But Steve Jobs saw him there because before Steve passed away, he went in that around that area where he goes. And he saw was they had a chat because they hadn't spoken. Oh, it was in the book actually. Yeah, yeah. They'd mm-hmm. spoken for a while, and he got him. He shipped him one anyway. But was always stands in the queue for thing, which I. Th- have a lot of respect for. I wonder where he'll go over here. Maybe to Yubi or Harvey Norman. We don't really have an Apple store, do Dickie we? Smith. <laughs> uh, he'll be queuing outside the NZ Tech Podcast Studios to see if he can get in and, and have a chat to us, it I'd ta- say. It takes a lot to be a guest on the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know, you fronted up with enough cash. We said, yeah, you can come back <laughs> on again. Um, and, you know, you keep doing that. That's, you know, that's that's okay by us. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked, hey, uh, Di, very good having you uh, having you back here on the NZ Tech Podcast. Much appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, much appreciate been a it. pleasure. 
Now, where do, where does everyone find you online? Find me online, easy, uh, diehenwood.com um, or at diehenwood on Twitter. And um, there's a Facebook page as well, and it all sort of um, ties together. And just go to my website, and everything's collated there. So we might find some funny stuff if we're after a, a, a bit of a giggle. Yeah, a bit of funny stuff. I'm always posting um, uh, posting a lot of old footage at the moment of stuff that I've found in the archives. Cool. And also, of course, um, lots of links of what I'm finding funny on YouTube and all that at the moment. And, of course, you're on Seven Days at the moment on TV3 at the TV3 moment. TV3 at 9.30. On Fridays. Number yeah. one show in New Zealand. Yes, we're, ta- we're taking the world by storm. Otherwise, um, also, I'm just doing a rural New Zealand tour, going around all the um, smaller towns. Um, so so go to rural ruralnewzealandtour.co.nz, and there's all the details there. You have to get a photo on bulls for me. I always love that name. Oh, yeah. I love bulls. Awesome. Well, enjoy your tour. Hey, thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, you can, of course, find us online, nztechpodcast.com. We're at facebook.com slash nztechpodcast and twitter.com slash nztechpodcast. So all the usual places. Hey, thanks, everyone. Um, We will catch you on the very next episode. Uh, Also, you can catch uh, Brad. You're on Twitter. At Brad Bohr. And you can find me at Paul Spain. That's it. See you guys. (laughs) Bye-bye. 